What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Orr Podcast on the JV Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Interviews coming your way every single Monday and Friday picks with Uncle Micah, my gambling correspondent and expert, coming your way every single Friday. The Cleveland Browns, they're dead. They're deceased. There's a tombstone for the 2019 Cleveland Browns. They are done, kaput. I have 16 Sundays in hell, Browns, Broncos for you. And then recurring guest Tommy Zerwinski, that's right, the famous ASU butt tat guy himself, joins me because basketball season, college basketball season, uh, the, the Sun Devils, they get going on November 8th. So we have a little ASU basketball preview for you. And then I will wrap things up with my recommendation of the week. So all of that coming your way. But first, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. I'm with you, buddy. I am also tired. I am also effing tired of effing losing. If you guys don't know what clip that is, it's hilarious. It's on Twitter. It is a Browns fan walking out of the game just pissed off. It looks cold. He's upset. And it's obviously was an end to a long season. That's one of my favorite clips ever. It gets tweeted out pretty much every Sunday because the Browns more time, more times than not, believe it or not, we lose. We just, we're losers. We're absolute losers. This is 16 Sundays in hell. This was what, I don't even know what Sunday this was. We're two, two and six now. This was Sunday number eight of 16. So glass half full here. This is how we look at it. Your Cleveland Browns, my Cleveland Browns. We are now halfway done with the season. There are only eight more headaches to be had. The Browns, they dropped 24-19 to the Broncos. Let's go over my picks real quick, shall we? Why not? Missed on Tennessee, hit on the Jets, hit on the Rams, missed on the Ravens, Niners, hit on the Seahawks and the Patriots, and missed on Denver. That puts me at a respectable 500 record, 4-4, while my Cleveland Browns are 2-6. For this ball game, I had the great pleasure of being on the phone the entire game with my good buddy, the Snowman. You guys have heard him before. He's back uh, in Ohio. He plays football for Tiffin. Uh, We're good buddies. We love watching sports together. And since we're so far away, we watch the game sometimes by uh, we just get each other on the horn. We call each other up and we just that's sort of how we bond and watch the games together. So the good thing is when you know you're going into something that's going to cause you pain when you're with Christ or you're with the snowman, you are never alone. That's what you can count on. And that's what I count on every single Sunday. So the Browns, I mean, Quarter one, they give up a touchdown. They're down 7-0. Second quarter comes around. Um, the Browns, they put together a nice drive. They get some good rhythm going. They end up getting a field goal. But, I mean, like, on this drive and throughout the season and throughout this game, it's like, you know, it's third and three, and Nick Chubb isn't on the field. Dontrell Hilliard's on the field. And not only is Dontrell Hilliard on the field, but they run him on third and three. Like, what what did you want Nick Chubb in, in that situation? And and it kind of made me think when I'm thinking about Freddie Kitchens here, it always seems like he's trying to pull a fast one or he's trying to be deceptive. And you know sometimes that stuff works, but not really. It, it just seems like instead of 
scheming and designing plays and putting guys in the positions um, that best complement and best suit them for what their strengths are, no matter what position they're in, uh, he just seems to go the opposite. He tries to be too tricky and too cute and try to outsmart people when really his, you know, his stuff just isn't that sophisticated and he's getting away and putting guys in positions that are really just kind of opposite of what their strengths are. What's an example? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not an elite athlete. He ran like a 4.840. He's not going to extend a ton of plays. He's not a superior big guy. He doesn't have, you know, that Josh Allen, um, Ben Roethlisberger frame. He doesn't have the athletic ability and escapability of a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson. And I don't get why, you know, Baker's strengths are getting the ball out quick accuracy. That's what it was in college. And when he's looked his best at times this year, and especially last year when we saw it on a more consistent rate, it was getting the ball out quick, being accurate and pinpoint and right to it. No nonsense. And instead he's taken six, seven step drops and receivers are, they're literally running concepts that are 30 yards down the field. The Browns are predictable right now. And these plays are taking way too long to develop. Baker can make those throws but when you're predictable and the offensive line is suspect, that's that's just not good. That's just not smart coaching. So, um, so the Browns get a field goal after that. You know, they, obviously they stop Hilliard on third and three, and then De- Denver answers 75-yard touchdown pass. Pathetic tackling here. Um, it seems like the Browns went into this game underprepared. They were expecting Denver to lay down. Brandon Allen has never taken an NFL snap before, and of course. He beats the Browns today, and, and really during that 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 touchdown run where where Browns are just you know they're trying to hit with their shoulder and they're lunging and just missing tackles. All I can hear in my head is I I, I hear zero of the broadcast. I literally just hear the curb your enthusiasm music. I was surprised the black screen didn't cut where it said directed by Larry David, written by Larry David, whatever it says. I'm, I'm like Cur- cue the cir- circus music. It's literally just. It's just nonsense. It's literally a three-ring circus at this point. It was disgusting that that put the Broncos up 14-3. to And then the Browns answer. They put together a good drive, but again, they get only a field goal. They aren't able to finish drives. 14-6 to Denver. Then the Browns, they force a turnover. They haven't done this hardly at all this year. They get a, not only do they cause a fumble, but they recover it, and they don't get called for hands to the face or holding in the secondary. Nothing. It actually stood. The Browns got a real-life turnover, guys. It was so neat. It was exciting. I was ecstatic. But once again, field goal. They don't capitalize with a touchdown. I swear, field goals are going to be the death of me. Now, don't get me wrong. I love special teams. I live for special teams. Scottish Hammer, boom, booming 50-yard punts and making the tackle. I'm all for it. It gets me going, right? Austin Seibert has not missed a field goal this year. I was When I was a legend high school football player, I was special teams player of the year in my conference senior year. No big deal. But that doesn't mean crap, and it doesn't matter how exciting field goals and punts are. If you're not going to capitalize off turnovers, if you're not going to get touchdowns, if you're going to continue to put three up on the board, you're not going to win football games. 14 to 9, Denver. And this has been killing me in the red zone. It is very clear that, you know, sometimes, you know, we saw at the end of the game, and I'm going to get to this where Baker should have should have had a game-winning touchdown to Odell, but he didn't throw it. But it's pretty clear to me that Freddie Kitchens just flat out has no idea to how how to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. Um, yeah, 
and something that has been bothering me since last week when they were asking him about Odell's touches and Freddie kind of fires back, you know, when they played the Patriots and he was like, he had seven targets. He taught five of them. I'm not going to comment on that. Odell Beckham Jr. at the very least should have 10 targets a game. Honestly, it should be more in the 12 to 15 range. It should be upwards of three to four targets every single quarter. And that's just the truth. It is just the, the flat out truth. So it's 14 to nine. Denver answers. It's 17 to nine. And then they cut away to the sideline here. Apparently, um, the league office, the NFL made a call down. So Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, they had on quote unquote illegal cleats on. Uh, they, they, they went against the NFL's rules and they, they said, if these cleats aren't changed when you come out of the locker room after halftime, you won't be able to play. And I was really hoping that John Dorsey would do the same thing, making a call down the sideline being like, hey, Freddie, um, this isn't God. It's John Dorsey. Hey, buddy boy, how's it going? Go ahead um, at halftime. Uh, go ahead and turn in your gun and your badge and your playbook because it's over, man. It's, it's, it's over. Thank you. Um, we got you a Southwest flight and a $20 meal ticket, and you're going to head back to Cleveland. Um, so Browns have a good drive to end the half. It's 17 to 12 Denver at the half. Um, what I was really disappointed in is the Browns, like I mentioned already, Brandon Allen, the, the Broncos quarterback today, filling in for the injured Joe Flacco, has not taken an NFL snap in his entire career. I never felt in the first half and really the entire game, the Browns didn't make him feel uncomfortable. He felt very comfortable back there. Lindsey had some big runs and he only got sacked a few times today. There wasn't a ton of pressure on Brandon Allen. And like I've already mentioned, the Browns didn't finish drives with touchdowns. Quarter three comes around. Another drive in which the Browns have third and three and fourth and one. Not only do they not give it to Nick Chubb, but he wasn't even on the field. Absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable that Nick Chubb isn't on the field. You saw what he can do. I don't care if he gets hit five yards in the backfield. I don't care if the first contact is as soon as Baker hands him the ball. He can still make a play. i rather you run the ball with Nick Chubb on third and three and fourth and one and get stuffed than not have him on the field at all. I can live with that. If, if they aren't able to execute or the defense makes a good play, but I'm giving it to Nick Chubb in those short-yarded situations and they stop him and the defense stop, stops him, that's when you tip the hat. Just like in baseball, you rip a line drive, a fielder makes a good play, you tip the hat, there's nothing you can do. In this game, I just felt the effort, the spirit, the passion, the sense of urgency, the lack of preparation. It was just everything that you need to win football games in the NFL was just non-existent for the Browns today. It was an uninspired effort. It just, it just never felt good. It was like a long, slow death. I felt like the guy who was bleeding out, army crawling on the ice, his Deadpool is chasing him with a Zamboni. Just like... I know this is going to happen eventually, but just the whole time, and you're just hoping that the Zamboni runs out of gas or somehow something happens and I make it out of this alive. That, that, that's what it felt like watching this game. And even at the end when the Browns finally made it 24 to 19 in the fourth quarter, um, and then the Browns get, get the stop, it's like, God, please just let us escape with this. Just let us escape with this. And maybe this can finally turn things around, but no, the Browns weren't able to do it. Um, yeah, they get the stop. They have a failed drive. Like I mentioned before, uh, 
it appeared no it, it definitely was the I, I don't think my eyes deceived me at all I think if Baker puts a good throw on it Odell has his man beat there on that fourth and four except he went to Landry I really feel that would have been the game-winning touchdown and I don't see how anybody would disagree with me um it's just unfortunate and uh, it's just too bad Denver gets the first down the game's over and the season's over playoffs kiss them goodbye um, if you want to see the Browns lose their next game, tune in this coming Sunday or make your way, spend your hard-earned money on something stupid and head over to First Energy Stadium to watch the Browns lose to the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, that is where the Browns will be next. This has been 16 Sundays in Hell, Browns, Broncos, Sunday 8 of 16. Halfway through. All right, let's talk to Tommy Zerwinski. All right, ASU butt tat guy himself, his triumphant return, my first in-person recurring guest back in the studio, back in the studio, Tommy Zerwinski. Tommy, welcome back, man. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me again. Glad to be back. Of course, of course. So last time we sat down in front of these mics on this very podcast, we did. We talked ASU football. Now we, we won't. We we're not going to get into it because we're, we're going to come back at the end of the year so we can assess our picks when everything is said and done. But right now, we're talking ASU again, but this time we're talking hoops. Yeah. We tip off October 8th over in China. China. It's going to be huge. So huge. Hopefully no one, <laughs> hopefully tr- Trump does not have to pardon anyone. Yeah, hopefully no UCLA shenanigans go on like last year. That's right. No, Le- LiAngelo? It was LiAngelo. LiAngelo, yeah. that's who it was. Okay. So hopefully none of those situations. I think Hurley's going to have the guys. Everyone's going to behave. I would hope so. I mean, it seems like Hurley has those guys uh, in a pretty good demeanor anyways. Like, I met them at practice last year, and they all seem like really, really great guys. So it's hopefully they don't pull anything like that. Perfect. Then we have no reason to believe anything otherwise. I I mean, hopefully not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's never say never, because that would just be a bad omen to the start of the season. And, yeah, that wouldn't be a good look. For sure. So ASU... Two years in a row now, they made it to the playing game. Yeah, um, we're playing game you. Yeah, play, <laughs> we went from guard you to we own Kansas you, we still own Kansas, and now we're playing game you. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dayton, Ohio, we just love it. It's a, uh, it's I mean, we're, we're one in one there, so I wouldn't say we love it. Okay. But yeah, we, I mean, we'd love to go there, apparently. Yeah, yeah so why not? Hopefully that changes this so, year. So ASU, two key losses, Lou Dort, Zylan Cheatham. Both lost to the NBA. Yeah. So that's a lot of size. That's a lot of defense. That's a lot of rebounds. Yeah, I mean, it's their two best defensive players, arguably. And Zylan and Lou, I think, accounted for over 50% of our rebounds last year. And neither of them were, like, the best offensive players on our team by any means. But Lou tried to do a lot of things offensively that he probably shouldn't have done. And I think he needed to stay to work on his craft. But Zylan, he was a fifth-year guy, so he had to go. Right. And... Yeah, we're going to miss those guys' athleticism and size for sure on the defensive side. I was really surprised. Now, I was really impressed with Lou. He obviously has the NBA body. He's an NBA athlete. Oh, yeah. But I thought he could have definitely benefited from some more polishing. I thought his draft stock could have went up. I was actually kind of surprised that he left. Now, am I crazy to think that? Well, no, because, I mean, he went undrafted. Right. Yeah, so obviously I think he needed to stay another year. He's probably not going to develop physically anymore but skill wise yeah he could he has a long way to go especially offensively and 
I think he's a pretty smart player for the most part, but there were a lot of times he would try to do too much yeah. that when it, it worked out for him earlier in the season because we were playing lesser competition. But as we got into Pac-12 playing, like playing against Kansas, he didn't even play that well. And uh, yeah, the rest of Pac-12 teams, they kind of keyed in on him. So it, he, I think he has a long way to go. But For sure. Yeah. So without those guys now, we're a little bit smaller. Is it is it the return of guard you? Uh, yeah, I think we're trending more towards that kind of team. But we also still, like, that year we had Cody Justice playing power forward. Right. Who's a 6'4 white yeah. He really should have been playing shooting guard. Oh, 100%. and Yeah, and this year, I mean, we have guys like Tayshawn Cherry, he's 6'8". K- uh, Kamani Lawrence, he's 6'8". Yeah. We also have Rom- uh, Romello White, who's now junior, so he'll be... I mean, I saw a big improvement in him from year one to year two, and I've heard he's only gotten better, so... I've, I've heard a lot... From the stuff that I've read, a lot of the stuff sounds like, you know, off-season transformation, cut down the body fat, yeah. lost some weight... Um, and, and like you said, just skill-wise on the floor, I think he improved a lot. So a lot of good words out of camp from Coach Hurley and everyone on Romello White. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're going to be smaller, but we also, like, it's not going to be just Romello down there playing, being our only right. post player. I mean, he's our only true post player, but, like, we have other guys that are tall enough and strong enough that can hold their own down there, in my opinion. So For sure. Yeah, and then we also brought it. I mean, we lost Euros Plavisic to transfer, uh, which... He redshirted last year, and his waiver actually just came back yesterday and got denied by the NCAA, so Ooh. he has to sit out another year. Ugh. Yeah, and then uh, we brought in some JUCO guys. We brought in uh, Andre Allen, who's a JUCO guy, down uh, low post player. Khalid Thomas, who's kind of a stretch four. And Jalen Graham out of Mountain Point, I believe. Uh, he's, he's I've heard, just as bouncy as Zylan, so Ooh. we'll see, but he still has a long way to go to develop. Well, apparently, we'll have to see. Watch out for that. Yeah, so how are these guys going to fit in? Some of the stuff that I was reading is Coach Hurley seems he seems like he's got a lot of guys, and it's still it, it seems like the early on in the season, it's going to be a lot of working out, okay, who's going to play? How do these rotations work out? You know, who fits where? Who's best on the floor together? Who do I need to, need to stagger? Is there going to be a lot of that? Is it going to be like a feeling out process? Do you feel like most of this non-conference schedule before we get to conference play? Uh, I mean, we'll see. I think we have a pretty tough non-conference schedule, actually. I mean, we start off right off the gate with uh, Colorado, who some right. people are predicting to win the Pac-12 this year. And then we also play the likes of Georgia, St. Mary's, who's... Right, they're preseason. They, yeah, they're preseason. 20, Georgia brought in two five-stars, I believe. So, wow. Yeah, so we'll see about that. And then if we beat St. Mary's, or I forget what tournament it is. It's either St. John's or St. Mary's. We play both. But, uh, but after that, we believe play Virginia who is the reigning national champ right. so we could be potentially playing them right so yeah we I mean we're gonna have to grow up pretty quickly and have to gel pretty pretty yeah. fast unfortunately but it'll, it'll be interesting to see so returning to the team we have Remy Martin Kamani Lawrence like you mentioned Romello mm-hmm. White Tayshawn Cherry like you mentioned and then Rob Edwards who I think he's just got he's got I mean if you're putting together that infomercial back to the Dwayne Wade, the beef, right? I mean, yeah. He's got the picture-perfect jump shot, and he can stroke it. I'm really excited to see uh, to, to, just to see what these returning guys do. How do you think the new guys are going to complement who we have coming back? Well, so I think the first day, first game against Colorado, I think we're going to start all the guys you just mentioned. I think it's going to be Remy, Rob, yeah. Kamani, Tayshawn, and Romello. Like, those are the five proven uh, men, or commodities we have. 
they're our best returning players, but uh, and then the uh, the new guys. I think Alonzo Verge is gonna be a, a good one to okay. watch. He had eighteen in the preseason game, which was just behind Remy Martin. I mean, that's and he did it all in the second half actually. Wow. Yeah. So, we'll we'll see how that works out. It, but Bobby said he's arguably the best offensive guard he's had. Good. And he's a JUCO guy as well. Excited. He he dropped like fifty in the game apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I read the JUCO guys. These were like the top JUCO guys. These are all like. Top, yeah, they were like top, top five. 10, yeah, top I think I think we had the number two and number four JUCO prospects in yeah. the country coming in. So if we can gel pretty quickly, then who knows? I think defensively we're gonna suffer a little bit more. I think we're gonna have to run some people out, out of the gym offensively yeah. to win a lot of games, especially in Pac-12. So right. if they can gel pretty quickly and get the offensive going. But it sounds like everything's going well so far. Like Hurley said, this is arguably the best offensive team he's had is ever coached, including Buffalo. And uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So the last two years, the years that we made the tournament, the problems have been there's been in- inconsistencies, conference play. It seems to be a letdown because the last two years, especially two years ago, out of conference was like awesome like light like we still well yeah we were number three we were number three in the country yeah it was like oh my gosh like asu like oh we knocked off kansas and you know we xavier two number one seeds that year in the tournament yeah 100 percent. it's like oh we're gonna get to the pac-12 and run the team yeah but it obviously didn't go that way and then also do you think how do you stand i know i know that you love coach hurley and i love coach hurley he's an awesome personality i think he's a great guy to be running the program but how do you feel about him as a coach because it seems like the last two years when conference plays come around and especially that first year when teams would throw zone at us I don't know if it just wasn't players not performing was coach really not making proper adjustments was he in a little I, I don't want to say in over his head because you know he's played at Duke he was an NBA guy and yeah. obviously he's here for a reason like he did really good work when he was the coach at Buffalo mm-hmm. what do you think you know how does ASU go from you know, how do they ascend this year for, rather than descend like they had the last two years? So the first, so his third year, which was the Guardio year. When yeah. yeah. So the first year we made the tournament, that team, I think, overachieved by a, a long shot. I would absolutely agree. Like, I mean, we went, we started off 12-0 and I think every, fans nowadays, they get, they alter perspectives on how many teams we should, or how many games we should win. Yeah based on how they're doing essentially like yeah. i mean you went to the or you went to the washington game washington state game with me right the yes. football one yes. yeah i mean we were five and one going into that and we're talking yeah. about winning nine games and now yeah. we're five and three and we're just like right let's just get bowl eligible yeah. so like uh i think that team though way overperformed i mean we had three senior guards yeah. which helped and that does that goes a long way but yeah. we really were only a six-man roster yeah like Remy would come in and that would be like our only really sub we had. Right. And like I said earlier, like we had Cody Justice playing as, as the four. Right. And you can't really have, I mean, Kamani Lawrence was, he was essentially looking like our best player when we went overseas that year in the preseason. But he, the day before the first game, he fractured his foot and right. came back and was really never the same. And then last year we saw flashes of what, uh, he, he can't be. Yeah. And so I think we struggled, we should have probably done better uh in conference play that year uh but i think teams started to figure out that they should play zone against us because the guards were so good in man situations yeah and they tried to shoot their way out of teams like oregon they would play a 
pretty upfront two three zone or one three one whatever they run, and they'd play pretty out there. So like it would take longer for us to get in our sets, and we'd have to take deeper threes, and which they actually moved the three point line back this year. So oh, people really? are yeah. So how close is it to? I think it's closer to the NBA than it will like. Then is it like at the international? I think it might be international. Yeah, because yeah. because it, it goes like high school, college, international, and then college, international. Yeah, they're like incremental. Yeah, I think up. it's international level now. Okay, so I, th- I think it's like twenty two and a half feet. Or okay, is that yeah. sound right? Yeah, the NBA is almost twenty four. It's like twenty three nine. Yeah, I think yeah, it's twenty two so. and a half. Okay, is, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. but yeah, so I think we should have done better uh, that year. We probably lost some games we should have won, and then this past year, like. I mean, we went 12 and 6 in the conference, finished second. So, like, I want to yeah. say, but the conference itself sucked last year. Yeah. And we shouldn't have lost to, like, we, we went to the Utah game together. Yeah. Where we were up, like, we were up, like, 25 to, like, 7 yeah. early in the first half. And yeah. then they just ran us out of the gym after that. Right. Yeah. We were just like, all right, like, this is great. We're back. I mean, we lost to Princeton, too, last year. Like, yeah. that's true. After the it. Kansas game. Yeah. After like... I promised the butt tattoo to the world. <laughs> and then, yeah, we open up with a conference loss to Utah, uh, lost to Colorado on the road, lost to Oregon on the road, and then in the conference tournament, which that was, in, that was a really, really good game. But Remy got hurt, like, first two minutes of it. Right. So. But then what were the other conferences losses we had? Do you know? I can't remember off the top it of my was, head. Did we we did we split with Stanford? Maybe that no, was, we or yeah, we lost to Stanford on the road. Right, should not should not let that happen. Yeah, uh, split with Oregon, split with Utah, swept the LA schools, I believe. Right, um, swept U of A. That's huge. Yeah, F- fuck U of A. <laughs> um, yeah, Sean Miller's back to paying people. By the way. Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah, they they're talking about the, or they have the number three recruiting class or something like. Ah. Yeah. Crazy how that so, works. Yeah, out. I know, right? And so we'll see how they turn out. But uh, yeah, the business expense for all the suits is coming back. He's just gonna sweat through all of them. Yeah, but so to answer your question, I so I love Hurley. I think he's a great coach, and we got to remember we're ASU basketball. We're not. Yeah, our friends from down south who have this storied program. Like right. we, he Hurley brought us to the tournament for the first time in back to back years since like eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah. So in that regard, I love him. I think our expectations have gotten a little altered because we do so well in the non-conference that yeah. the meat of our schedule is really in conference play and teams have longer to prepare. They have right. a whole week instead of, like, I feel like... Not to mention they eventually see us the second time. Yeah, yeah, and they you play them twice. So And I think he he's still young in his coaching career. For sure. I mean, he's only been a head coach. I think this is his seventh year. And I think he has a long ways to go, and I think he's surrounded himself for the past few years with recruiter guys instead of like actual coaches to yeah. help him out and uh people always complain about him not coaching the team in the huddle which i like that's fine like he goes off after the ref or whatever and yeah er- he's everyone's like oh he's not even coaching the team that's not true like they they only point out the bad like the times when he's actually going after the refs like right. then you actually see him take the clipboard from the assistant coach to drop a play and yeah there have been times where he's drawn up like so many good plays that out of timeouts that work yeah. really really well but atos baby yeah yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I, I personally love him. I think he has a lot of room to grow, though, and I he's the best thing to happen to ASU basketball for ever, At least honest. we have an identity. I feel yeah, like. Like, we're yeah. We're going to play hard. He's going to be fiery. He's going to get after the stripes all Yeah, and, and, and we're going to 
we're gonna play hard. He gets he gets his players to play hard. Like you want a coach to back you up. Yeah. And he will he will ride. Oh, he's yeah. got your back. Like I I remember I think it was either last year or the year before. It, it was the year before. We were playing NAU. We were up like thirty five with two minutes to go. Yeah. And he got teed up because there were two offensive fouls that were not called yeah. on NAU and. Bobby was trying to defend his players. Right. Like, you still have to call it, regardless if we're up 30 or not. And yeah. he, like, that's the type of guy he is. He's going to ride or die with you. And if you're playing hard, like, yeah, you, you want to play hard for your coach. That's right. Yeah. Expectations for this year? I think it's going to be a mixed bag. I think the conference is going to be good this year. Yeah. I think it's going to be way better. I think we get at least four or five teams into the tournament. Wow. At, unlike the past two years where I think we got two and three. Yeah. And so I think it's just going to be interesting to see. I think we do decently in non-con. I actually am going to predict a win over Colorado. Oh, yeah. right off the bat. Huh? Yeah, they have McKinley right, but I don't think that the rest of their team is all that great. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, it's, I'm just going out. Of, I have no idea what's going to happen. That yeah, is China. Right. So. Yeah, China. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, man? China. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really like the pieces we have coming in. I like our returning core, so we'll I think we could get an early win there, which would be big, set the tone for the rest of the season. Uh, I do think we make the tournament. I think it'll be like the past two years, though. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be on the bubble, but I think it'll, we won't be sweating it out as much yeah. as we did the past two years because I think the strength of the conference will be much better. It's just it will be interesting to see because we do start off the conference uh, with three road games, Ooh. which is never fun, and the no. first one is at U of A. Course, yeah, that was like two years ago. Yeah, the same thing. We were 12 yeah. and 0, then go to their first loss, unfortunately. Yeah. But they also had DeAndre and yeah. Alonzo Trier, and those guys use PEDs, anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, um, so as you mentioned, you think four or five Pac 12 teams can make the tournament this year. Where does where do you think ASU sort of stands in the conference? You think we're middle of the road? Do we have potential to you know, where, where do you think we finish in the conference? I think, I think this year we'll. Probably finished middle of the road. Uh-huh. I mean, last year we finished second. It had some games turned out a little differently. We probably would have won the Pac-12. Like, like we said, we can't lose to we can't lose to Stanford. We can't lose to Utah, uh, Oregon. I think we should have beaten. We can't give away any games this year. No, no, and we've done that the past two years, but it's gotten better over time. And I I don't think this is a team that will win the conference, but I think we're going to be able to compete in every game, which I think the offense is going to keep us in there. I mean, because how many games the past few years have we actually been blown out in? Not very many. Like, a lot of the games that we talked about that we we should have won, now there's been some ugly losses on the road. Yeah. They haven't been full-on blowouts. No. We've been to some games that have been like, God, we were right there. Yeah. if they don't make that shot, we don't go to overtime, and you know we we we've seen those. Yeah, like you know, we talk about them, we're like, no, we like lived through those games. Yeah, just where it's just like, man, we really should not have lost that. Game. No, and we were right there. Like we had that game won. The other team made a play, and they extend the game, and we end up losing. Like the, yeah, those it, things happen. I think the really the only game we got blown out in last year was or at Oregon. Sounds right. Yeah, like other games have all been like seeing. I mean Vanderbilt, we played like shit, but yeah. That, yeah, I mean, we're competitive every game. I, right. So if a few things go our way, we're, I mean, we're a more experienced team this year, so who knows if that helps out. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, though. Yeah, I, I, think we'll be, I think we'll finish probably fourth or fifth in yeah. the Pac-12. I think the teams ahead of us, I think will be Washington. I think Oregon's going to be good. Uh, then U of A, Colorado, depending on 
who USC also has a ton of talent. Right. So, but their coach, I really don't like. <laughs> Oregon State has Tinkle back, but I don't think anything else around him. Right. Uh, Washington State's gonna go through growing pains with a new coach. Finally, they got rid of Ernie Kent. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I think the rest of the Pac-12 is not good, but UCLA, I think, will struggle with their new coach. So, yeah, I think I think fourth or fifth isn't out of the park. Yeah. Who knows? So around middle of the road for the Pac-12, what do you think? Our, I think we played 30 games. What do you think our record's going to be? So let's, let me pull up the schedule yeah, real quick. Yeah, r- run through it real quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... Well, we won't have to go, just skim it. No, yeah, I am, yeah. It's not as easy as football where we can No, we, we can go game games. by game. Yeah, the fo- uh, football, that's what you do it for. Uh, yeah, basketball, you kind of just give a guesstimate. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't see... Hold on, it's loading real quick. Yeah. Score of the game is... Uh, yeah, what, we have the Patriots game on in studio right now. We're real high tech here. Yeah, we yeah the studio. You've done a great job with it. It's beautiful Thank you. for beautiful, any right? future any future guests coming on the show. Yeah, they should. This is like um, what what they put in in the uh, in the basketball. They have like the recruiting. What do they call it? Their their uh, commitment room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what this is. Yeah, so we got the schedule pulled up for Tommy here. He's gonna look through it, just real quick. He's counting through. We gotta get Princeton. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna win that one. Yeah, <laughs> he's going across uh, Georgia, St. Mary's. He's like, eh. yeah. So I'll give him nine, nine, one. All right. So non-conference, depending on if I think if we beat St. Mary's, we'd play Virginia. So okay. If we beat them, that's awesome. But I could see us going anywhere from nine to three to. Probably ten and two, eleven and one. I think that's pretty reasonable. Why? Uh, I think nine and three. Probably if we lose to Colorado, that's probably the most likely record. Because yeah. I mean, I think okay. St. Mary's they played U of A really tough, which U of A is supposed to be really good. Let's see conference. I'm gonna go. One, so we got nine and three yeah. out of conference. <laughs> I can hardly watch football. I'm so pain from the Browns today. Makes me sick. I, I see us winning about 11, 11 Pac-12 games, so that put oh. us 11-7. Yeah. And in this year, I think the conference is respectable enough. Like So that put us at, what, 20, 21 wins or something. Yeah. I think that's good enough to get us in the tournament. For sure, and that's realistic. And depending on who we beat, and I think it'll come down a lot to just like the last – well, especially last year, I feel if we would have done better in the, in the Pac-12 tournament. Well, we, yeah, we we wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been such a such a squeaker into the into the tournament. Yeah, so we I mean, I'm I was actually pretty shocked last year when we made it into the first four game. Really? Yeah, I mean, we won twenty two games, which was an improvement on the twenty of the year before. Right. And we finished second in our conference. Yeah. All while still beating Kansas, who was number one in the country at the time. I mean, right. they probably weren't the number one team. No, but, definitely not. But they, were they still have that number one in front. Yep. And we just lost so many stupid games, like Princeton after that, and then yep. and then we probably shouldn't have lost to Vanderbilt because they, their star player got injured early on. Right. I think Darius Garland it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cavalier legend. Yeah. Through yeah. five games now. Six yeah. Games. Six and, games. And... Uh, yeah, so I I was expecting us to be like a eleven or eleven non playing game yep. or like a nine. Yep. Uh, I so I was kind of shocked this year. I don't think we will have to sweat that out. I think if we have 
20 wins, I think we're easily in, especially mm-hmm. given the strength of the conference this year. Right. I think it's going to be much better. So, yeah, I think I think we'll make it back to the tournament for third time in a row. Yeah. And which I don't think has ever been done before. There we go. Fill the bank. Yeah, the credit union. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah we, so I got to stay on brand here. And you can, you can find me in the aisle seat. That's right. Yeah. Back on the aisle seat. Oh, yeah. Seen any good films lately, Tom? Um... Saw the Joker not too long ago. Yeah, we were talking about this. The, what what did you think? I'm interested. So it's a very dark movie. Big time. Very dark. Like first, I mean, spoilers. So yeah. stop listening. But <laughs> uh, keep listening. Just plug your ears. Um, yeah, earmuffs. Yeah, just like old school. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the movie starts off. The guy gets the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Like by a bunch of kids, and you're yeah. just like, oh, like. This is so. This is awful. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you feel bad for the guy, and you find out later in the movie, like he's been through some stuff and right mental health. Issues yeah, on, mental so. health, and yeah. But I thought it was awesome. I think he did Heath justice. I don't know if he was as good as Heath, but they were different. Yeah, very different. Because this and movie was the Joker. He played the Joker in Batman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't, this he was, this was a standalone movie, obviously, yes. and. Uh, I think he did an incredible job. Right. Like I, I really don't know who could have played that any better. I yeah, mean, it was great. Yeah, and it's interesting those roles because Joaquin's Joker is battling himself. He's battling mental health and yeah. society. And there is a little battle with society with Heath Ledger, but he's more so. It's him and the Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's it, they're they're different, and I think that's that's great because they tell two different stories. They're set up differently. They have different conflicts but at the same time uh, similarities and I think that's good because a lot of at least I, I'll never look at a Joker the same way in a Batman movie just the same way I don't look at Batman's the same as the Dark Knight because yeah. I just think that's so elite and I don't think that could really ever be touched but I'm glad that these are different enough to where we can be like judge them I, on their I, own and I and I can say I love them both and I love them separately e- se- exactly yeah 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 and like, I mean, Dark Knight Trilogy is one of the best out it's there. incredible. Yeah. I mean, if you're ranking... I I mean, I think Lord of the Rings is the best of all time, <laughs> which is, that's just me. But Dark Knight is up there for me anyways. And uh, so it, I was a little skeptical just because it's also... DC has not done a good job with any no. of their movies lately. No. I'm, I'm a total Marvel guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Unless, unless DC is cutting your check... And you better be a Marvel guy, otherwise I think you're a little crazy. Yeah, I agree. And just, I think they, I I know they're all superhero movies, but they try to like, they it's they just seem more fake than Marvel movies actually do, you know? Yeah. Like, I, they're all superhero movies, so they're all fake, obviously. I'm not... Wait, what not, are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, actually, Endgame was real, so... Yeah. You, you were probably snapped, or you were probably part of the snap. That's uh, no, but I yeah, I so yeah, I was a little skeptical when... Like they were making a standalone Joker movie, I'm yeah. just like, God, DC's just gonna butcher this. And yeah. I was, this is like the first DC movie I've been very, very impressed with, and I thought right. it was awesome. It was terrific. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk, kind of from the uh, the woke people. Oh God, woke people. Um, or you know, just whoever it is. I, I really don't like this, or maybe it's just people like just trying to create a headline. You know, zigging while people zag. I guess you could say. Like, they don't like it because they think it, like, glorifies, like, mental health and things like that. To me, at the end of the day, I don't think art, you know, a film, filmmaking, and telling a story has to be conscious of those things. I I, I don't think 
it brought it to light in a positive way. Like, at the end of the day, this stuff is, there's no, it, it's very rare when things like this, when art, films, things like that are black and white. Yeah. You can't control if one person takes it as, oh, this would be really cool, and they take it in the wrong way, right? Yeah. And they, you know, have issues to start with. Yeah. And that's sad, and hopefully whoever those people are don't take negative actions and they decide to get help and they improve. Yeah. But for, you know, for me, I just kind of... Hopefully it, it brings as, light to, like... Exactly. Hopefully, helping helping people out. Like, the, yeah. one of the quotes of that movie that, like, really stuck with me was, like, uh, people... What was it? It was, like, the... When you find out someone has a mental health order, right. they act like you're you don't have one. Or what was it? He wrote it down. Right, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know the exact quote, quote but I go back and see it. A second yeah, time. It, but like that really like stuck with me. Like yeah. like to like truly like, I guess empathize with him mm-hmm. that that like he has a problem right. and like he like we don't know that early on in yeah. the movie and then like we like people on like the lady on the bus or on the train was like. Right. Why are you laughing? Like, the, yeah. like and he's like, I, I yeah. He it gives his card. He has yeah. the condition. So and... like that, like when he wrote that down, that like yeah. it really made me like feel for him. Right. Other than like, other than you know when he gets hit, the kids who steal yeah. a sign and, and just the, the entire movie. <laughs> the thing on the the thing that killed me is just the drunk idiots on um, the bus or on the train on, again. On the yeah. train that that was just disgusting to me where they just jump him and they're just. I don't know, like, the fact, that, to think that stuff like that goes on in this world and that happens to some people. Yeah, people like are But that awful. happens even at all, even if it's just once. Yeah. I'm just like... Like, people I, are, I people are truly terrible, and like... I know. Like, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen to, like, an extent like that, but it does. You see videos yeah. on it, like, all the time on Twitter, so... Yeah, and then sometimes it's just like, when, when you have somebody, and then almost, you almost sympathize with them, even when he kills them. You know, you're like you. I, I never want anyone to die. No, no of course not. No, no one does. In no. the right mind, does. But at the same time, it's just like you were kind of a freaking jerk. Yeah, like like no, you don't deserve to die. But I mean, you deserve to get. Everyone your, should just be nice to them. Yes. Each other. Like you deserve. You you probably deserve to get your like teeth knocked in. Yeah. Yeah. You know that yeah. was you know that's extreme and it's the movie and and it you know whatever. Yeah, so, but it's like, dude, just be like nice to people. So I always give people the benefit of the doubt, like yeah. when I first meet them, or and like, but I give them the chance to like, like mess up. Like if yeah. like if you're friends with my friend or something, I, yeah. I always go in with an open mind, just like yeah. oh, like nice to meet you. Because you want the same. Yeah, yeah. You don't like, know what just happened? No, no. They and walk like, into a restaurant, they and, could have gotten. It, whatever and everyone's going through their own thing and like dealing yeah. with it differently so like it i that see like that's why i like this movie is because it gets us talking about stuff like this right and these are the right conversations to have yeah and not in like i i will agree so like you saw that all the people saying like or all the news stations like trying to say like oh little kids shouldn't see this movie yeah like it's probably true like i i didn't oh, 100%. I, I didn't agree with it at first because like i i've seen rated r movies when i was yeah. like five but yeah but like, it's a really dark movie. So. It is, and you need to be able to. You need. I think you do need to be old enough to be able to comprehend. Some, yeah, like, of course. The, the bigger message and, yeah. and, and things like that, because it's it's important. Because yeah, those things when you're younger, they can have certain influences on you. And you never would want someone to have the wrong or a negative influence to where it kind of you know steers you a certain way. Because I mean, th- those things happen. You know, it's. Uh, it's too bad, but but it's always funny because people, you know, go to blame video games for things, and then they don't want to video games, but then they want to jump on this, and it's just like so much back and forth. I'm just like people are just 
idiots and they'll do anything to to cause a stir. Yeah, it's I I don't want to get started on that. No, we, we won't. <laughs> it's just that that's just how it goes. There's there's people that are ridiculous from every side. Oh yeah, and it's a- everyone's and that's just the way it is. Everyone's crazy in their own way, but hundred percent. But some are less so and yeah. <laughs> you see that in for the movie. sure for but sure we, we need to do a full full like you need to pick a movie and we'll sit down yeah. and go through it and you know what i'm thinking and... about doing my roommate and i alex we were talking about i want to do a podcast because i think really some of the greatest at least our our lifetime yeah um we don't see comedy movies like we do anymore that were made in that first decade like 2000 to 2010 yeah i think just some of like the best comedy movies like yeah at least i mean stepbrothers anchorman like uh, any will ferrell movie essentially bad like yeah apatow went on a run, what was other guys like, in uh that's close i want i'm gonna include it anyways it's really close it might have been like i want to say 22 i'll look it up right now and then this is the end might be in there too this uh, is the yeah. I, I think that might I be twenty twelve though. Yeah, that's twenty twelve like or thirteen. But yeah. throw that in there as well because I, I remember seeing that in theaters and just God, like. Dang, I gotta look this. I need to. We need to hire a producer. Get yeah. On the payroll here. The other. Why guys, isn't your roommate your? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Right, that's in there. Counts. Count it. This is the end. Will be will be thrown in there just because it's awesome. Yeah, it, it and has to be. Oh well, also uh, Tropic Thunder. That was two thousand nine. Oh, I think. Gosh. Can you imagine if that movie was made today? <laughs> I can't believe it was made in yeah, 07 or 06. My favorite part about that is Robert Downey Jr. played a black guy and was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And if that, I mean, I know they're making fun of that whole thing, right. but like if that were to happen today, like that, I don't It'd think. Be not yeah. I mean, people are, people are going at like Sarah Silverman lost out on whatever she was doing because she did like a blackface bit like years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that, yeah. That's, yeah. And like if, people would just lose their mind if yeah. like that happened today for right. Robert Downey Jr. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to do that podcast scene where we just talk that it might be like a night that might be, that might have to be like uh it's going to be like one of those like world war two documentaries where it's just like in 50 parts. Oh God. It's just yeah. It's going to be like a 10 hour conversation <laughs> talking about every Adam McKay, Apatow movie. Just Apatow's a legend. Oh yeah. yeah. Just those 10 years would be crazy. Yeah. This wasn't in there, but speaking of, since you bring up Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller, have you ever seen heavyweights? Oh, great movie. I Okay, so I listened to Foreplay, Barstool, yeah, the course. golf podcast, and Borelli was talking about it, and I immediately watched it because the quotes he was saying were just killing me. Yeah. Like, the fact that Stiller is running this fat camp, and he gets on this intercom, and it was just like, attention campers, today's lunch has been canceled due to <laughs> lack of hustle. <laughs> Deal with it. Like, just like, I'm just like, that's amazing. It's, so that movie, like, his character in that is kind of like a precursor to White Goodman. Oh, yeah. Which, the who hair, I, yeah, which you saw, Former fat guy. yeah, and you saw that I was him for Halloween. Oh, oh I did. Yeah, great costume. You saw my comment on that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Instagram. In her home country of Romanovia, dodgeball is a national sport. And yeah. her nuclear power <laughs> team has won the championship. <laughs> her new, running, that, her literally the deadliest woman under. That movie control. is probably one of the more quotable. That also, oh, 20, oh, 2000, 2010. That's yeah. easily in there. Huge. Yeah, 2004, I think it was. So. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Wedding but, crashers. I mean, the list goes on and yeah, on. Yeah, no. Think about these those movies in that decade. I mean, that's going to get its whole episode. Yeah, and they episode. they should not retouch or touch any of those movies. No. Like, and try to remake them. Ever. No, no, no. And no. Those movies, none of them were really set up to be that way anyways. Like, no. I, I don't see where it would ever... There were happen. some that could have probably been sequels, but I'm glad they didn't. 
Yeah, no. Which, yeah. Let them stand alone. Yeah, stand alone. Yeah. Like, they could have easily done a second Step Brothers. And yeah, but it I'm been, bl- Yeah, no. They did. It was called Holmes and Watson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. That, it's literally the worst movie I've ever seen. That's what I heard. I, I don't plan it, on seeing it. Yeah. My dad, like, loves those guys, and he loves Step Brothers. And me, me, yeah, who my, doesn't? Yeah. Like, my me, my dad, and my friend, literally on Christmas when it came out, we went at night to see Holmes and Watson, and we sat there. We didn't laugh once. Oh, and we wanted to laugh so bad we did it was that like like not even not like a like uh, like no. a chuckle I, no not even a chuckle wow. it wasn't even a tickle in my throat wow I mean it was when I say it's literally the worst oh the Ravens are about to run back a fumble for a touchdown here no god whatever the Browns lost today why do I even care yeah whatever um Packers lost today yeah so, so uh as an owner of the team I'm pretty upset yeah, as, as an owner as a team yeah. said yeah it's great well uh Tom, this was fun. Always a pleasure. Wait, oh. so I'm... Is my shirt coming in the yes, mail? Yes, your yeah. shirt's in the mail. Like you said, first yeah. recurring... In, first in-person recurring guest. So the shirt's in the mail. Yeah, great. Um, it's coming via horse and carriage. Yeah. I, I give, the guy's not walking? No. Yeah. No, horse and carriage. Horse and carriage. I, I give all of my business to the Amish. Yeah, oh, um, that's good. They're, they're, they need a lot. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so they... Um, yeah, I, that, that's really why I do this podcast, because when... When my Amish guys that I use for the t-shirt delivery hit yeah. Springer and they can listen to podcasts, they just binge me. Yeah, great. Well, those, that's like my biggest demographic. It's just... <laughs> Amish. It's the just Amish. The Amish when they turn 18 years old for six months, I'm just like Amish. How, wait, Amish. how do they listen to this? <laughs> Rums, you don't know what Rumspringer oh, is? Oh, no. So Rumspringer is like where they take a period of time where they can go out and be like a quote-unquote like normal person oh, and see Jesus. the real world. And they make a choice whether they come back or uh, stay yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't know what that was. So you were educated. Yeah. Right? We learn something new every day. That's right. Love <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Tommy Zerwinski and hope you guys are ready for another season of Sun Devil Basketball. All right. Let's transition into my recommendation of the week. This week, I am recommending that you think about your favorite show of all time, your favorite TV show. How long has it been since you've watched that show? And, and I'm talking about a show that where you have to sit down and really pay attention. Not like a show as great as they are like The Office or Friends where you can just kind of have on, the, have on in the background. Um, for example, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, just came out not too long ago. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show Breaking Bad. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And when I watched that movie, and it's been – I watched Breaking Bad probably when I was – I think I was a sophomore in high school, so it's been a long, long time, almost four years since I've seen this movie, and, or over four years, gosh, yeah, a little over four years since I've seen the show, and when the movie came out, I forgot how much I loved the show, it got me back into the show, it got me hungry to go back and watch the show, and Breaking Bad, these episodes are like 45, 50 minutes of pop. They're like anywhere from like 10 to 15 episodes over the course of five seasons. And I literally binged it. I blew through these episodes in about three weeks. I just finished up Breaking Bad for the second time yesterday afternoon. And I cannot recommend this enough. I almost enjoyed it this more the second time. I I don't know what it was. I I just blew through it. I didn't lose energy. I didn't lose lose love for the show, even though I had seen it before. But there were a lot of things that I remembered. There were some things I forgot, and then I picked up a ton, I mean a ton of new stuff and new insights along the way. So 
I would recommend thinking about what your favorite show is, a show like Breaking Bad that has a lot of minor details and has an incredible storyline, and then going back and watching that show or watching some of your favorite episodes and just really paying attention to the details, pick up some new stuff, you know, have those new experiences. I mean, I, I knew the results of all these shows and still it had me on the edge of my seat. It had me uncertain even though I basically knew what was going to happen. It was um, really fun and I really just can't recommend it enough. And that's my recommendation of the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Episodes, interviews, excuse me, coming your way every single Monday. And then Friday Picks with Uncle Micah, my gambling expert and correspondent, coming your way, you guessed it, every single Friday. Thanks again so much for listening. I'll talk to you on Friday.